0: CBD 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 You're hearing this everywhere right if you're into health CBD products are all over the place I was in the pet store yesterday And there's all these CBD products for your dog For your cat maybe for your bird Maybe for your ferret I don't know this stuff is everywhere. I, maybe it's not in baby food yet, but it probably will be soon. Here's the thing: I'm very convinced that the cannabis plant and the hemp plant have medicinal value. I've used them in you know various ways over the years since I was a kid. Some of them weren't legal at the time, but what I'm talking about now is the use of CBD as a health supplement, as something to really improve your well-being. The difficult thing is finding the good players in the industry, and my friends over at Owned a Wellness have absolutely crushed it and created a product that I am, I don't want to say I'm addicted to it because it's totally non-addictive in every sense of the word, but I'm really enjoying it, put it that way. And, um, you know, if you suffer from stress or anxiety, you live in a city like I do, full of 5G cell towers and all sorts of insanity going on, and you need some help sleeping, chilling out, um, and just generally feeling um, uninflamed and well I highly recommend that you go check out our friends over at ondawellness.com that's o n d a wellness ondawellness.com and by the way when you get over there to get their fantastic full spectrum line of products and even bulk oil you can use the code luke15 at checkout and save yourself 15% off so that's ondawellness.com some fantastic cbd products over there no chemicals no bs organically grown, really, really potent, strong CBD. It's fantastic. And it's one of those things when you take it, you actually feel it. Not in the sense that you get high, but you feel your nervous system just kind of take a sigh. like, And that's a feeling that we all can use more of. So go to ownedawellness.com, enter the code Luke15 for 15% off. This episode would not be possible, folks, if it weren't for my friends over at Organifi.com. You can find all of their fantastic products, many of which I use on a daily basis at Organifi.com forward slash Luke. If you're looking uh, for something to start with, I would go for the green juice powder. Easy to travel with, super, super powerful and energizing, and so good for you. But not only that, it actually tastes good. It's not a green powder that tastes like mold mixed with cat litter and an old shoe it tastes freaking delicious it's minty it has kind of a matcha essence no sugar doesn't spike your blood sugar won't take you out of ketosis it's just badass it's a great alternative to buying super expensive easy to spoil green juice now i love my green juice but i really love the powder Also, I'd love for you to try the Organifi Gold. And I'll tell you what, this stuff actually is gold. I covet my uh, bins of gold in my kitchen. I protect them. I look out for them. I only share my gold with very close friends. Now, actually, I give it to everyone that comes over because it's such an easy sell. And um, one little secret that my friends and family don't know is that I don't really do anything to it. You know, it's like they'll come over, make me that one drink. It's so delicious and I feel special. But all I literally do is put like hot water and cold water, maybe some fats into it. And, you know, I might soup it up with some other smart drugs or something weird like that. But really, it's just the gold tastes so good. It's a great base for any other type of elixir or superfood drink or even like a paleo ice cream or anything like that. So the gold and the green are amazing, but they also have some protein and probiotics. Products and a red juice and all kinds of rad stuff over at Organifi.com forward slash Luke. Once you get there, use the code Lifestylist and save yourself a cool 15%. Organifi.com forward slash Luke. The hits just keep on coming here at the Lifestylist podcast. And today's show is all about hits. High intensity interval training, courtesy of the Carol bike, which is a high-tech, AI-assisted way to work out and get your ass kicked and get maximum results in the minimum amount of time. Very cool stuff. You know, if you listen to the show, I don't cover fitness a lot, and that's because it's not something I particularly enjoy. It's sort of a necessary evil for me. So anytime I find a way to do it effectively in a short period of time, I'm going to do a show about it. So I'm super stoked today to talk to our two guests, Ulrich Dempfley. He's the COO and CPO and co-founder of Carol. He's also an engineer and ex-McKinsey consultant specializing in automotive and big industry. And he worked as the director at PwC specializing in artificial intelligence and data analytics and healthcare. Super geeky stuff, super fun, and geeky guy. And then the other guest is his partner, Ratna Singh, who's the co-founder of Carol. Before we jump into that. I can just guess by the end of this, you're going to probably want to look into getting one of these things. So let's just get your discount out of the way. As you know, I always try to get a discount from our guests if they're going to come on and talk about a product. Although this is much more than a product. I mean, we talk about fitness in general at great depth. But just so you have it, your website is carolfitai.com. The audience code is Luke. That gets you 150 bucks off. That's CarolFitAI.com. The code's Luke for 150 bucks. Here's what we talk about: how the consumer market has been lied to about HIT and cardio exercise, what true high-intensity interval training looks like, and why it needs to be personalized to each individual. The fact that this isn't bro science, this is making fitness accessible to the majority of us who don't exercise enough right now i.e. me. the fact. Actually, no, that's not true. I've been doing pretty good lately. I work out a few days a week now, but it's taken me years to adopt that into my lifestyle. The fact that the healthcare system is in a shambles right now and that it's going to be absolutely crippled over the next few years, so we each have to take responsibility for our own health now. How we have physically evolved over time and how we continue to evolve by using technology. How the classic gym subscription model and the fitness industry in general incentivizes ineffective workouts. Then we demystify why some people see such great results from HIT training and other people see just marginal results. And then we cover the single most important indicator of your future health. And then why combining fat and sugar is so bad for you and the fact that there's only one natural substance on earth that contains both how you can change your body's ability to burn fat for better or for worse, the case study of Ehrlich's personal experience with Carol, and finally, we talk about the AI-powered future of fitness. This is a really fun episode. We get into some geeky stuff, but these two were a hoot. We recorded this in London, and this is one of the most fun episodes I've ever done, and I wasn't really expecting it to be so because we're talking about technology and fitness, two things that I don't know a lot about. And I'm not terribly passionate about but these guys were super fun and also quite educational and informative. Uh, We've got a lot of shows coming at you guys. I'm pumping out at least six, if not eight episodes a month now. I'm just ramping it up because I love what I do. This Friday, we've got a special Q&A show uh, featuring yours truly, where I talk about all of my favorite guests, what I've learned from them, the carnivore diet, ozone therapy, and the best mattresses. And then uh, we've got a show on Sunday dropping, which is a super, super bonus. And that's when I was a guest on the Lacey Phillips expanded podcast where we talk about all sorts of sorted things. And then Tuesday, we're back to our regular programming with the one and only Dave Asprey. So make sure you subscribe to the show so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes right now. Seriously, just click on subscribe. It's somewhere there on your app. I know it is. I got it right here in front of me, my phone. I subscribe to all my favorite shows. If this is one of your favorites, make sure you subscribe And all of these future episodes will just magically appear on your device or computer. All right, that's it. Let's jump into this episode with my new friends, Ratna and Ehrlich. Enjoy the show. Super excited to sit down and have this conversation with you two, Lars Ulrich from Metallica. <laughs> I'm just going to repeat the same jokes. No, those of you that are listening, we've got Ulrich here and we've got Ratna here and um, and they're experts in advanced fitness technology. And I was joking before we started recording that I don't do a lot of shows on fitness because I don't like fitness. I hate working out. And it's become exponentially easier for me to get to like it because of technologies like the one that you've developed. And so when I find something that's short and effective and safe, I like to talk about it. Uh, many of my listeners will know I'm a huge fan of OsteoStrong, a bone mm. density training, as mm. well as the X3 bar, both invented by a former guest, John Jaquish. The reason I like those is because they're scientifically viable. Exactly. They're effective. More than anything, they're fast as hell. So we're going to be talking about the Carroll bike and all things high and maximum intensity fitness. And we're going to really be looking at how we've evolved and how we can continue to evolve using technology. So first off, I'll start with you, Ratna. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did you get started in this industry? What's your background? How did you end up getting in fitness tech?
1: Right. Like you, I don't like fitness. I right. do anything but you know, go jogging or spend hours on the treadmill. I'm actually a management consultant. um, And before that, I was a microbiologist. And it was through a disease management program that I was doing in Abu Dhabi, where diabetes is the second highest in the world. And I had trouble getting people to exercise. And I thought, how do you get people to exercise when they have to spend time, you know, on treadmills or whatever? And everybody says, I just don't have the time. I don't have the time. So I literally was sitting back in London in my bedroom thinking, how am I going to get these people to exercise? And he sends me a text to say, watch BBC Two Horizon now. So I watched BBC Two Horizon, and it was a program about the science of high-intensity training. And it's not high-intensity as you know it. It was true hit, like the scientific hit. And the person who presented it is a doctor, and he's diabetic. And he took this special bike home and did the exercise three times a week, for four weeks And he would do it in his suit And he'd get off and say Look, no sweat He came back and tested his insulin It had improved by 24% His insulin sensitivity
0: That's a high number, right? Oh, it's, it's wow.
1: nothing it, Your drugs can't deliver that in, Really? In that short time Even Absolutely pharmaceuticals? Not. Mm, not in that short time Wow Absolutely and, um, and he got, you know Just healthier as a result of it In more than one way Not, not just insulin control and of course, I watch this and my light bulbs are going off in my head. I call him excitedly. This is great. This is great. We've got to do this. So we go out and buy Very the
2: next day,
1: ex- the next day <laughs> exercise bikes and say, so, let's try and do this ourselves. And we failed miserably. Either it was too hard and, you know, we would grind to a halt or it was not hard enough or we'd sweat. I thought, something's wrong. We're doing something wrong. So we called the scientists on the television, and particularly Dr. Niels Vollard, brilliant guy, who um, has researched this for donkey's years, 20 years. He's an exercise physiologist, PhD. And um, it turns out that it is true hit. (laughs) It is not something that you can necessarily do by yourself at home, Um, It does require a computer generated resistance. It has to be personalized to each person and it needs to follow a particular protocol. Now, the reason it's so short is because, you know, you trade time for intensity. So in 20 seconds, you're going to have to work bloody hard, like bloody hard. So it's maximum intensity training, minimal time. And all the magic that needs to happen, happens during those two 20-second sprints. And they lead to incredible results. And... Sorry if I'm kind of going on and on
0: a bit. No, that's that's what we do here. Okay. Anyone that listens to this show knows we go on and on. That's the whole point.
1: <laughs> in that case, he's doing it up till tomorrow.
0: People can go <laughs> listen to some 45-minute podcast if they don't have the time. We go hard here. The interview I did before you guys was two, two, two and a half hours. Okay. Oh,
1: wow. Yeah.
0: Wow. I, I can barely introduce myself in the first 45 <laughs> minutes, you know, let alone talking to the guest. Jeez.
1: So, you know, and I don't want people to just think that this is some sort of bro science because, you know, it isn't. And certainly, you know, we're serious people and we are, we put all our life savings into this business because we felt it's not just for diabetics, but for uh, the majority of the population that doesn't exercise now, 80% in general and inactivity is no longer now and now, and it's a disease category. And our healthcare systems are already on their knees. They're going to be absolutely crippled in the next several years. And we have to take responsibility as people. And if you truly are telling us that, you know, it's time that's holding you back, well, now is a solution that is also effective. And if you're not going to exercise despite that and help yourself, then, you know, good luck to you. So, lucky for us, we've been uh, independently tested by the American Council on Exercise against government guidelines, and the system outperformed government guidelines phenomenally, minute amount of time. So, you know, I can safely say that this science of high-intensity training, of true high-intensity training, uh, is now finally available for the masses. Up until now, it was the Prerogative of the scientific laboratories. They do use special equipment. They do use special programs, computer programs. So it's not as trivial as just cranking up the resistance and going for it. And, um, you know, it's what, what I love about this whole idea is because it makes logical and emotional sense to me. As human beings, you know, as we've evolved, we weren't supposed to go jogging all the time because if we did, we wouldn't have the energy to run away from the tiger and our species wouldn't have survived. So caveman walked looking for food or he ran for his life. And that's what I think, you know, the science, true hit does. It simulates um, the flight. Well, you being in the savannah, running away from the tiger, your flight or fight response, and your body just knows that if you're asking for more power, more energy, more oxygen, it's going to have to change to give you all of that. Because as humans, we are fantastically adaptive. Otherwise, we wouldn't be here. We adapt, and so your body adapts to give you what you th- it thinks you need. If you turned into a couch potato, um, everything that your body oh, just yeah, it just do not give anything to him. So you know, everything slows down. Your fitness goes. Your insulin goes up, and you just become sluggish. So the, the adapt- adaptations goes both ways. And um, I I really believe that um, there is something here that can put a little dent in this pandemic that affects the world. And if I can, you know, do a little, we, if we can do a little bit to help that, it would be job done.
0: Yeah. Well, I'm on board with the fact that our sedentary and especially indoor sedentary lifestyle is what makes us sick. I mean, this is, I don't know. It's just the way that, that my mind thinks about things. Like I was coming down the road here in an Uber the other day in London and I saw this massive hospital and I looked at that hospital and I looked at all these other buildings around it that were of equal size. And I thought, wow, this is so strange. No other animal. I mean, animals, you know, granted aren't capable of building a structure <laughs> in most cases, except a goddamn beaver or something, but let's just <laughs> say beavers. Okay. <laughs> beavers don't live a lifestyle that is so toxic that they have to go build a special giant beaver dam just to (laughs) house all their sick and dying beavers. You know, deer don't all migrate to a certain Mm. prairie and all just keel over and die because they've got diabetes and cancer and what God knows what, right? It's like humans, we've become industrialized and domesticated and we just accept this idea that we're eventually going to end up in hospital and get drugs or surgery to fix us and prop us up until we eventually die. No other species on the planet has such unnatural levels of sickness Mm -hmm. and death. And Mm -hmm. I I just think it's so weird. If you think about that, just listeners, next time you Mm -hmm. drive by a hospital, just think about how weird that is, that the way we live is so antithetical to our health, long be- uh, longevity, and well-being, that we have to erect buildings all over the world to just house all the sick people.
1: Yeah, because what you're saying is that even our lifestyles create those mutations in our That's genes. That's all it is. And so we keep even get new diseases that we didn't exactly. know about. Exactly, yeah. yeah.
0: Generation after generation, mm. we get sicker and sicker and sicker. You know, when you look at the work of Weston Price, uh, and he goes, you know, he's a dentist. He went around the world and studied longest lived and healthiest, most robust people. And you look at the photos he took of these people, they all have perfectly straight teeth. They're super ripped. They're very lean. I mean, they're just beasts of people, you know, they're like human apes, just, ah, just strong and massive and beautiful. And um, those were hunter gatherer people that weren't living under fluorescent lights. Yeah. They weren't drinking fluoridated water. They weren't breathing chemtrails. They weren't living under 5G radiation. I mean, now it's, it's, it's exponentially worse than ever. But this idea of the sedentary, see so you go off on a tangent, you instigate me, it's your fault. No, I'm also wrong. <laughs> Tangents are <But> great. <laughs> yeah, it's like the sedentary lifestyle combined with the toxic food, the lack of minerals in the soil, all of that stuff. And like, here we are. So now we're at a turning point. And I think thanks to the proliferation of transformative information, like people like you were able to bring to the table, especially in long form media, such as the one I'm producing now, we really do have an opportunity to start to, you know, live in the modern world, but turn the clock back. And I think finding convenient, fast ways to move and mimic how we would have moved in the past is the way out because let's face it, no one's going to suddenly get a bunch of time and be like, you know what, I'm just going to spend five hours a day as a hunter gatherer and drive out (laughs) to the woods and run around and climb trees and chase bears and whatever, you know? So Mm -hmm. anyway, um, I love this whole idea. Ulrich, Rick, how did you get involved in this thing? So, I mean, we've been working together
2: for a long time. We've been running disease management programs together. And so the kind of, as Ratna said, we, we had the initial discovery, tried it out, wanted to bring it um, kind of first, like literally see whether we can replicate it and tried and failed with the equipment that was available and then searched around looked whether there was something available that we could use and bring out and it it didn't there was a very clear gap in the market where kind of super compelling science kind of lived in a dark corner of a university and researchers were happy to publish papers but somehow the translation to kind of a mass market and kind of to to make that dent that didn't happen and so yeah, together we we set out to to develop that product. Took a lot of time and energy, a lot
1: of time and a lot of money.
0: Exactly, all as, as, money. As said. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> mm. So let's get into a little bit of the, you know, the science on elements of fitness, mm. cardiovascular health, all of this kind of stuff, and and specifically high intensity training, or as people call it, HIT training. My um, brother's a fitness expert of the highest order. And um, for a time I was going to work out with him and he does functional movement, things Mm. like this, but Mm. to burn fat, to increase your overall strength and all of that, we would do a lot of what we call high intensity interval training, right? So he'd have these special timers, ding, 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 they go off and then you'd go manic and do all kinds of crazy stuff. And then you'd stop and do these special breathing exercises, then start again. And it was all very regimented and I don't know who developed those programs exactly, Mm -hmm. but the idea there, as I fundamentally understood it was, you know, you, again, as you indicated that in nature, we would have had these sort of sprints and been running towards something or away from something, then we would stop and rest and catch our breath. And so it's kind of a natural way that we've evolved, but what is high intensity training and why is that good for you versus just jogging 40 miles or just going and lifting heavy weights for 20 minutes or three hours and all this kind of stuff?
1: Right. So forgive me for saying this, but if you can do high intensity training for five minutes, 10 minutes, even a minute, it's not true high intensity training because it's physically unsustainable if you do it correctly. So the science is quite simply that you are giving your body a message. It's about stimulus and response and adaptation. So by giving the stimulus of, oh, extreme power. Oh, I need a lot more oxygen for the energy. Oh, I need to get, you know, my blood flowing really, really fast. The response the body has to make is to be able to give you all of those things. Otherwise you'd be extinct as a, as a species. And therefore the the humans being as good as they are at adapting, they adapt. You don't necessarily get that A strong stimulus and response when you're doing endurance or you're doing other things. If you're walking, like I said, we adapt. If you walk, your body will adapt to you walking. If you do CrossFit, your body will adapt to you doing CrossFit. If you do spinning, your body will adapt to you doing spinning. If you sit on the potato couch, your body will adapt to that. If you do high intensity training like Tabata, that's what it'll adapt
0: tabata. to Tabata That's what I was doing Yeah, Tabata Potato, Tabata Yeah
1: Tabata I've done it too I think Tabata You know, what they've been doing Has been fantastic And the, But You know it's Who the hell's gonna do those body burpees And who's gonna run up and down those Freaking stairs And You know, it's okay now and then But it's You know, and then Looking at the timer And it's just like Too much faff People like me Who are fundamentally lazy Just kind of go You know what I'm not gonna do it Forget it so, um,
0: I like that you just own that right now. <laughs>
1: what, going, well, I think these guys will tell you, <laughs> yeah. I must certainly speak my mind and I, that includes about me. So yes, yeah. uh, I'm lazy. Um, and I, so anyway, so the, the, the idea of getting it over and done within a very short time means you do, it is a trade. It's not like, it's not for pussies by any chance you get on there and you, work like a dog you know you feel you're gonna need an epidural this think you'll need one and but it's also the price you pay and sorry so the adap- it's about adaptation and i can go into the exact molecular changes that happen which i'd love to
0: please yeah i love but it le-
1: le-
2: it's uh, so you you talk about tabata and you we could talk about wingate sprints and there's kind yes. of different protocols and okay the, uh, many of them work yeah and wingate sprints work What is Um, that? Mm -hmm. So a Wingate sprint is, it's been around for a long time Been developed in Israel decades ago, literally. Um, and that is kind of a short maximum intensity sprint. And our bike has Carol implements a form of a Wingate sprint and there's research paper. Well, I mean, shelves full of them that have demonstrated the effectiveness of the Wingate sprint. So there's, there's no question about that. Um, and um, the, the next quest then for, for researchers was just to go around and say, kind of, A, what's the minimum effective dose? How much do you really have to do to, to get the benefit? And kind of what's the, what's the pathway? What triggers the benefit? And actually both have, are, are very well understood now. Yeah? So we understand very well what is the pathway. And uh, if Ratna has the time, she can go through all the molecular changes. And kind of what is the minimum effective dose? Because it really is, it's almost like a switch, yeah? So it's been tried with 30-second sprints, 40-second sprints, kind of various numbers uh, of sprints. And, um, you know, after, after they found researchers around the world, different groups, after they found kind of this works, went down to try trade really what is the minimum effective dose. And it came down to two 20-second sprints that is all that's needed to flick that switch. And if you go any lower than that, if you did only one sprint, or if you do 10 second sprints, um, there's no additional benefit. So, um, sorry, no, there's no benefit. But you, you just don't get the, the the gain. Yeah. On the other hand, if you did like 30 second sprints, which are a lot rougher on you, yeah? So you'll... Uh, uh, when you're
0: talking about... Working at maximum. Absolute not high intensity, intensity but maximum, maximum intensity. intensity. All out. Running three seconds, for your life. Three seconds is the longest yes. three seconds of your life. Oh,
2: yeah, yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like, it's 20 seconds sounds short, but when you're on the bike, it's actually bloody long. Yeah. Um, so those give you the same benefits, but it's just a lot rougher and a lot harder on your body. And therefore kind of that's, that's really what Carol does. It's the minimum effective dose off this kind of wingate sprint of
0: true high intensity training. Give me the biology.
1: So the biology. For um, the
0: geeks in the audience. Okay, fine. So, I don't um, know what the hell you're talking about, but someone, one of our bright listeners will. I'm sure you will. No, no, I'm, I'm just kidding. But <laughs>
1: um, I
0: tend to like the broad strokes, but I know I do have a lot of listeners that appreciate when we like really go into the deep water. So let's do it.
1: I'm going to broad stroke here as well a little okay. bit. So it all begins with what's called glycogen depletion. I've heard of that. Right. So glycogen is the storage form of sugar. You have it in your muscles. Um, the biggest stores are in your legs, thighs, your buttocks. And... Um,
0: Not my buttocks. <laughs>
1: <laughs> just,
0: There's nothing there. Oh, come on. I actually saw that. It looked quite cute actually.
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I'm married. <laughs> For years.
0: <laughs> he's gone red. I saw that giant like, ring.
1: Yeah. Well, he's good. Did I make you Don't blush? look
0: at the video folks. <laughs>
1: Anyway, so um, the, the sugar storage is called glycogen. And you, you trigger it. Uh, sorry, you deplete it. Now you can do it through jogging for 45 minutes. Oof, um, ex- exactly. Or you can do it in a hit class, but it'll take at least 15, 20, 20 minutes. I'm going to
0: add the obligatory ugh to that too. <laughs> <laughs>
1: and, um, or you can do it in a pressure cooker, like, you know, you do a lot of Kundalini, so you'll understand, you probably eat Indian food. So it's, I always say it's like cooking lentils. You can cook it on the stove for a long time or in the microwave in 10 minutes, or you can pressure cooker it in two minutes. So real hit is the pressure cooker of exercise. And the key here is rapid glycogen depletion, rapid. And as you, uh, it's a pity you didn't see all the people doing their, their uh, rides uh, today, but pretty much everybody will go whoop, peaks, within five to 10 seconds of our first brain, of the first brain, and the peak power that they'll reach will be for a fraction of a second. After that, the power drops. And that's the idea. That's, that's when your glycogen depletion trigger has happened. And so you're starting to lose power because you just cannot sustain it any longer. So by the end of, you know, 20 seconds, you are absolutely fatigued, absolutely fatigued. So when glycogen depletion is triggered, other... Um, molecular changes happen. Um, Molecules that are necessary for, you know, various changes in your body get released, principally AMPK. And then in the second sprint, don't really have much glycogen depletion going on there. It's more the activation of the molecules that were released in the first sprint. And the most important um, activation is of something called PGC1alpha and it's like a master switch and you know, it's like the master regulator and that ju- it's just a cascade of things that go on and ultimately you know you end up having more mitochondria including in your heart your heart's a muscle you have more bendy arteries just because your body is needing to get that blood where it needs to be very quickly you just become better at using and taking in oxygen and using it And obviously the insulin is a very important part of this. And this I find always really fascinating is that, you know, as I said, we've got muscles that store sugar and your thighs in particular, back to the evolutionary response, they will burn sugar either locally or they'll suck it in. Let's say that you are completely deprived of sugar and all your fat reserves are gone. It's the last, last place they'll go to in the muscles will not give out the sugar unless it is absolutely vital, right? They're not ready to give that out. It's it's local burning or sucking it in. Your liver is different. It'll store glycogen, but it also releases it for when you need uh, energy. The fat gets turned into uh, sugar for you to be using as energy, not the same with your muscles. So when we um, target the biggest muscle group that you've got, your body literally is in panic because if that sugar goes, you don't have access to energy, you're going to die. As... A human, and you know, what happens to your species, right? So, the insulin, as you know, is responsible for putting sugar into muscle, transporting sugar. And um, since they lose the sugar, they go into a panic reaction and they say, refuel, refuel, refuel. And so, whatever sugar is in your blood then starts to get sucked up and goes into your muscles for restocking so that you can use it later. That's insulin dependent. And over time, the insulin receptors um, come up further and further up to the surface of your muscular tissue. And so in the presence of a tiny amount of insulin, the muscles just, they just like become wonderful sugar soakers, sponges, they just suck it up and insulin goes. And that's what you want. You don't want high levels of insulin hanging around because in the presence of high insulin, you will not be able to burn sugar because the body thinks that it already has enough sugar in your bloodstream, so it's not, it's not letting more in. It needs to get rid of it, so it's not peeing it out or whatever. So um, that's a very important part of, part of uh, this workout, the, the fact that your insulin sensitivity improves so much and you just get so much better at it, so it just turns into a leaner person. So you know, everything you need from a health perspective just increases, and obviously you lose fat as well. So...
0: so... <laughs> So now we're discovering that so many of the, I mean, not just some of the ineffective high intensity interval training that's popular, not to say that, you know, I'm sure it has its benefits and it's good for you. It's better than sitting on your ass, right? Mm. But some of the things I'm thinking of, you know, I'm going back to the eighties, like aerobics classes and how people got really into jogging, long distances and running marathons and all this stuff. And many of the people that are into more of the kind of cardio and aerobic based exercises, uh, not all, but many of them aren't necessarily people with bodies that I would choose <laughs> if I could <laughs> choose one. You know what I mean? Um, how do you think that we got off on sort of the wrong track of these forms of fitness and exercise that are ineffective? You know, did were they just trying to, was someone trying to sell more sneakers in the 80s or 70s yeah. <laughs> when, when jogging became popular and aerobics exercise and all this kind of stuff? Like, where did kind of the ineffective, stuff come into vogue.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, I'm going to let Ulrich speak because so I'll shut up. Otherwise, I'll never shut up. And I, I'll just say that the other forms of exercise are not ineffective. They're not as effective enough. That's the point. And we've had loads of people come in now saying they work out a lot. They do this, they do that, and they're going to get fit. And then we have scores. We have fitness scores. And they were woefully low. And so, you know, you're not as fit as you can be. So it's not that they're ineffective. They work to a certain degree. But.
2: So, why have they become popular? I, I couldn't tell you. I, I really don't know. I think it's just lack of, you know, education and, um, you know, that it, kind of good insight, good science, good evidence just just didn't travel. I mean, we this year is a different thing now, right? That and, through and podcasts, get... through through the internet, through kind of um, like all the people who, who take that message out to the people that. It spreads that the message spreads. But I don't think anybody had like the knowledge and the, the incentive to to actually tell people. But yeah. if you look at traditional gyms, um, you know, they've got their kit. They've got their kit. They want people to spend time there, sell personal training sessions and so on. It's not about minimum effective dose. It's just kind of, you know, just selling on and on their their established right. business model.
0: Right. So that's sort of like the you know, elements of the pharmaceutical industry that suppress information that gives people autonomy and control over their own health and biology, right? Where well, they don't maybe want information. it's just an element
2: of laziness, <laughs> who knows? But if, you've, well, if, you're, if you're like, if you're a big gym chain and you've, you've got all your floor space filled with treadmills yeah. and ellipticals and upright and recumbent bikes, and you, you, you've got that stuff. Now you put a carol bike next to it, it's a very confusing message. Um, kind of, yeah, you've been doing it all wrong all this time, all this many years. And
1: spend millions on all that kit.
0: Oh. Um, well, I would like you to support my conspiracy theory thread.
1: <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. The
0: gyms, gyms want to keep people in there yes. on not only a, a, a literal treadmill, yes. but a theoretical yes. treadmill mm-hmm. and... Perhaps, and to some degree, they're designed to be ineffective out of laziness or lack of knowledge or understanding, but perhaps to sell, you know, more training sessions. And that's probably really where they make their money aside right. from people like me that buy a membership and literally never go once in two years. so. Yeah.
1: <laughs> it's not a conspiracy theory You're absolutely correct
0: Okay good Because I, 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 I love when Conspiracy theories Are not theories But they are in fact conspiracies
1: But I tell you It's true because We've firsthand Experienced it right mm. We've literally been told By some people Oh well we've got All this kit in here now And if we put this in People are not going to Use the other kit And we just spent You know it's Hundreds and thousands On them and we're like, okay, other people have been really, really quite upfront about it and say, well, look, you know, we make most of our money through personal training.
0: Ah, interesting. And
1: this is going to hit our personal training market. So it's not something that they and, they... and the other things that we've been told is we don't want people coming in here for 10 minutes and then going
0: Right, right. Let They're going to buy less like sugary smoothies and stuff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> um, so uh, on the gym piece you know, I'm thinking back to like when I first was coerced by my kind of fitness friendly brothers to go to the gym back in the day, Uh, there was this idea that you had to warm up, you know, Mm -hmm. so everyone, the first thing you do is you hit the treadmill and, you know, you get your blood pump and it kind of made sense to me. And then you would go lift weights or something like that. Right. So when you use the Carol bike, because now I've got one in my garage and I'm using it and freaking love this thing. Um, There's like, a little kind of warm up, but you're barely doing anything. I mean, you're like yeah. like a mouse could pedal the pedals, <laughs> like if they had long enough legs. <laughs> you're, you're, you're doing that, okay, and I love then that image. like, and then you're going 20 <laughs> seconds. You just literally like your head is exploding because it's so difficult and intense. And then there's another little rest, and there's another 20 second sprint. But there's not really like a warm up per se, and you're definitely your body's not even feeling warm. You're not sweating, so. Is the theory of like, well, we need to warm up before we do some intense lifting or some more intense work. Like, is there a reason to even like warm up in the classical sense?
1: Um, Yes, there is, but it doesn't have to be long. Um, Uh. Initially we had a three minute warm up, And again, the research is, you know, they keep changing and they say, well, we don't need the three minutes. It actually doesn't help or doesn't add anything. So we've cut it down to two and has made no difference at all to the performance of people scientifically. Um, what is more important, and we haven't done this just because I just, just personally don't think it's necessary, but the, the last three minutes of cool down could be a little bit longer, like a minute more, so four minutes, is because uh, blood pressure really needs to come back up at the end of uh, the ride. Because you have so many, uh, you know, waste products now, you've broken down so much glycogen that the water in your blood gets sucked into your muscles just from the osmotic um, effect, And I'm sure you feel like your thighs feel fairly full and pumped and it's because of the water and eventually. But when water goes, you know, your blood volume drops and that affects your blood pressure. So so we just want to bring that back up again. So that's why you just, again, nothing that, uh, well, hopefully there's a lot of people who, I I don't want to keep talking about us, but it's all scientific. Don't need three minutes. Two is enough. Ulrike, you were going to say something. So, okay.
2: no,
0: I, I wasn't actually sorry. Okay. So
1: this,
0: so this idea is valid. It's just not necessarily that we sit there for forty-five minutes on a treadmill and then go do the no, workout. I God, think no. I think that was always what was irritating to me. I, you know, I don't, I don't want to go spend three hours in the God, gym. Yeah.
2: And I think it also depends a bit what exercise you do. If you if you do right. something with like lots of jerky, um, sudden movements or high impact exercises, maybe it's better to be a little bit stretched and warmer. But if you're doing something like um, a bike, which is which is very low impact and and actually very gentle on your joints, even when you go absolute max intensity and it's very safe. You just don't need uh, any, any kind of extended warm-up period.
0: Well, that's another uh, interesting part about the whole fitness thing that has been confusing to me, going back to, again, like evolutionarily speaking, how humans mm-hmm. have moved. And I really, I mean, I don't believe we are apes, right? Branch of apes. Mm-hmm. And so... When you look at the way that we would move in nature, we'd be squatting and picking berries exactly. and climbing up a tree and doing all kinds of movements that are non-repetitive. They're totally random. And then you go in a gym and you're like locked into these machines, making these very limited range of motion, I guess because they're safe and just mechanically more viable to put load on something that's got a bunch of right angles, et cetera. But it has never really jived with me in terms of how a human would yeah. naturally yeah. move. So that brings me to... You know, to play devil's advocate, sure. even though sitting on a, you know, like a stationary yeah. bike, which has never appealed to me at all, because I don't even mm-hmm. like riding real goddamn bikes, <laughs> is that we're, again, we're doing a very unnatural movement. There's nothing in nature that you'd sit there and pedal, right? That's right. So what about that piece? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, then, so then do we have to compensate by going and, you know, doing joint mobility <laughs> and moving around like an ape at some other time? No. So we recognize that, but we've made it really, really short. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Um,
2: so one thing you, you use your biggest muscle groups, you use your quads, your gluts, um, and you, you want to kind of have that rapid glycogen depletion in your biggest muscle groups. So that's, that's very good. And the other thing is very safe. It's very safe, low impact movement. Um, that, very many people can do so my mom's 78 and she uses the bike every other day really and, and we have we have actually a oh,
0: bunch what? of users
2: yeah. who who kind of are Dr. fairly Lagerie, senior, senior in age and it's just something that's that's still very accessible to them yeah. and that can be done treadmill could be so so I mean a little side story when we people tell you oh you can do burpees and you can run up a stair so kind of after we couldn't get the, the exercise to work on a conventional bike, we tried running up the stairs and our, our third partner kind of sprained his ankle. Oh, <laughs> on damn. On the second attack. Damn. So kind of like the safety of the exercise is reasonably important. And that's kind of one reason why we've chosen the bike as the modality to implement it. Yeah. Um, oh, it's really, really short. And yes, so, so I do like compound movement exercises, bodyweight exercises, then for resistance and strength training, for example. And there I, I fully sign up to kind of natural movement, functional movement. So, so right. that's and, the and, right thing.
1: And that's actually very key. What he's just said is that once you feel fitter, feel better about yourself, you just do more. Uh, you, instead of taking the escalator, you do climb the stairs. Um, you, you just, you know, pick up things and, and you're just more able to. And for me... When I literally see people whose identity is of a non-exerciser and they're embarrassed about it. I feel not non-exerciser. When their identity switches to, I am an exerciser. And by the way, I do something really hard. All of a sudden they're doing so much more. Oh,
0: yeah. that's interesting. And, right. And,
1: and, and that- and,
0: There's a momentum or sort of a, an inertia there. An
1: identity switch. Yeah, yeah. And that's why I think, uh, you know, so many of these things just take on it. We you know we we are, as you say, apes. Herd instinct was still in us. We follow the pack, um, and yeah, you know, you do group jogging. Yeah, it's very social. People love that element. I that's fantastic.
2: Yeah. I but mean, the- it's, it is a bit of an entry drug. So Bratna kind of came out earlier and said she was lazy. We, we were all kind of like, you were
1: lazy. You're lazy. We the were
2: way. in our target group. Yeah, we were our own target market, and yeah, we were kind of busy professionals working mainly in healthcare, kind of advising healthcare clients. Um, and then we developed the bike. And from there, at least, so my personal journey was, okay, you get fitter with the bike and then suddenly you feel like, yeah, I can also do resistance training. And um, I, I have to almost say I'd like to also go for, I enjoy going for a run now, um, even though that wouldn't have occurred to me
0: Like, do you think as a result of doing this, this AI assisted, which we're going to get into the AI part, obviously this AI assisted, not high Mm -hmm. intensity, but maximum intensity training. I mean, can you, can you really feel the differences? So if you want to go sprint or or jog or like lift weights or do resistance training, like are you more of a beast because of the capacity of your, your heart and the blood flow and oxygen, oxygenization and all that? Absolutely. So so my and and I've got this uh, kind of the lab
2: reports. So we we did like before after VO2 max measurements. My VO2 max increased by some 50%. What? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So that's um and in then how we, in how long? Oh, that's like maybe a 6 months period or so. Damn, son. Yeah. So 50% I'm, but you did 20% quicker than that,
1: didn't you?
2: So yeah i've got i've got kind of, i mean it's all the, the data is all there um and that's uh, quite interestingly um so the researchers who developed the rehit protocol so that's that's our kind of the, the reduced exertion high intensity training true hit um, also developed a gene test um, to to kind of predict based this on your genetic makeup how much you should improve and it's it's unfortunately um, kind of, it, it's phenomenally effective on average, and it's phenomenally effective for the the broad masses. Um, unfortunately, there's a small group which are who are who are non responders. So that will, you know, they get other health benefits out of it: insulin sensitivity, blood pressure improvement, and so on. But their VO2 max, their fitness, will not improve based on that.
1: No, they will, but not as much. Yeah. Or it'll be slower.
2: Yeah. Um, and then on the other end, there's like super responders, like really athletic people who you, you kind of add that and it's like a drop of magic. It's like pixie dust and they, they become like super athletic. Um, so, so I had the, the genetic test done before I started and they've predicted that I was a, a moderate responder based on genetic makeup. And they predicted that I could maybe between 10 and 15% improve my VO2 max through this exercise. And I mean, sure enough, I did improve it by ten to fifteen percent in the first like eight weeks. Then it just continued. It continued and continued and continued. So I, I do wonder. There's there's some kind of and from
1: well, it's epigenetics, Ulrich. Yeah,
2: exactly, exactly. So adding in then other things um, that that I so intermittent fasting, adding in intermittent fasting, adding in cold showers and and like uh, uh,
1: stacking the hacks.
2: Yeah, exactly. And, and adding in resistance training um, as well kind of just adds it up and, and kind of, I think that there is exactly as Ratna said, like the epigenetics that kind of override, wrote that initial, um, you know, predicted threshold and gave me a, a way higher boost, way higher boost. And then, you know, if you're good at something, you'll enjoy it and, and um, uh, can also do a 5k run in a, in a reasonable time, even without training
0: to run. What's yeah. VO2 max that you increase 50% within about so, six months, which so is that's, a- uncommon explain to people what that means. So VO2 max is um,
2: how much oxygen you can metabolize um, kind of per period of time. And um, it's basically your aerobic capacity and it would be measured um, kind of either on a treadmill or a bike where you continuously increase the resistance. Um, and measure constantly how much um, kind of oxygen you breathe in and carbon dioxide you breathe out. And, and that's literally the measure for your cardiovascular fitness. Um,
1: and future health.
2: And kind of probably the most important predictor of future health. Really? Wow,
1: so
0: it's a really big deal. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. More so than like how much sit-ups you can do. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Or some Um, other metric. (laughs) Yes, yes,
1: yes.
0: You know, picture like old sailors in the 50s. It's like, you know, how many push-ups can you do? How many pull-ups can you do? How many sit-ups can you do? And then whoever does the most is the most fit. So we've obviously moved beyond that. Yeah, yeah. We'll be right back at you after this brief but important announcement. I'm so happy right now. You know why? Because my gut is happy. When your gut's happy, your neurotransmitters are working right. You got your serotonin, your dopamine, your melatonin. You're feeling great. This is all thanks to Just Thrive Probiotics, man. These things are awesome. You can find them at justthrivehealth.com. The reason they work and why probably most of the probiotics I've been taking for the past 20 years to try to fix my digestion did not work is because they are a spore-based probiotic, meaning you eat them, they get into your gut, they hatch and populate, They have a 100% survivability record, which is really good. Most probiotics you take, honestly, just turn into dust or something. They just don't do anything. So if you've had issues with bloating, gas, leaky gut, digestive problems, Just Thrive probiotics are going to be the magic ticket for you. So again, go to justthrivehealth.com. If you enter the code LUKE15, you're going to save 15% off over at justthrivehealth.com. It's a great way to upgrade not only your gut, but all the things related to it, like brain function, your immune system, etc. The good thing about Just Thrive is you know when you take them, they are going to work. That's justthrivehealth.com. Enter the code LUKE15 for 15% off. And now back to the interview. I, I want to ask something of either of you and, you know, Ratna, you were talking about this glycogen depletion where we're we're drawing this sugar Mm. energy from our muscles, right? And when you're doing high-intensity training, that's the point of it. How does this relate to calories Mm. and how does it relate to burning fat? Mm. And could you explain how either of you, how we've moved on from this antiquated idea that calorie in and calorie Mm. out means something, right? So- if, sure. if I, if I eat a piece of pizza and it's, you know, 1200 calories or whatever pizza is, yum mm, yeah, pizza. I'm so hungry. I eat Me that too. piece of pizza. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't eaten all day. I'm like, Me
1: there's had, a pizza <laughs> express down the road.
0: Right before the interview, I had a, um, very interesting. I had a, a San Pedro, um, infused chocolate. So that might be why I'm in such a happy mood. Anyway, um, that's all I've eaten in many hours. So I can't believe I'm even here. But anyway, back to the piece of pizza. So that's got 800, 1200 calories, whatever it is, right? And then, so I eat that and I'm like, oh damn, I just took a a hit for X amount of calories. Now I'm going to go get on the treadmill Mm. and I'm going to watch the little handheld heart monitor and I'm going to get up to 1200 calories and now I'm even. If I want to be losing fat or burning fat, now I want to get up to say 2000 (laughs) calories. And from what I understand, (laughs) that model is antiquated, not scientific and totally whack. So could you demystify that for us?
1: It is completely antiquated and it's particularly antiquated. And I find this irritating is that on the treadmill, on anything else that giving you your actual calorie burn, which is such a wild, rough estimate. It and, is? Oh yeah. It's crazy estimate. Oh,
0: okay.
1: and, and the reason why we don't put it on our system is because unless we have measured it and are mm. quite <laughs> confident that, um, it is applicable to each individual person and it's accurate and not just a wild guess, we won't put it on. Uh, but we are, I'll explain about that in a minute. The calorie issue is very, very interesting. It's like so funny. It's like, again, forgive me, but on the car bike you don't sweat because you work hard for just two 20-second sprints. Your body doesn't get hot enough to start sweating. Now, literally everybody associates a good hard workout with sweat, right? Oh, I'm dripping in sweat. I can so easily hack that. I can go sit in the sauna, come out in my gym kit. That's
0: immediately what I thought. (laughs) Seriously. Yeah. And go,
1: I've just been for a real, that that spin class was bloody hard and I really worked out. Look at me. I'm such a, you know, hardcore person type thing. It's a myth. Sweat, you sweat because you get hot. Now, when you're exercising for a longer period of time, you are going to get hot, right? When you're exercising for a short period of time, you're not going to get hot. And correct, there's, not much of a calorie burn when you're doing something like that, but what you are doing is your what's called EPOC, your excess post-oxygen uh, exercise post-oxygen consumption, is massive. Why? Because I'm sure you you can testify to this. When you are doing this exercise, the demand on your body for oxygen is massive. You go straight into what's called anaerobic exercise, which is exercise in the or energy production in the absence of oxygen, because your body just can't supply oxygen fast enough. But in order to try and do it, because you could be dead, right? It has to put all other processes in your body on hold. Now, everything that you do in your body requires oxygen, everything, right? And so those processes after the exercise is over need to be completed. So your body is busy finishing all of this stuff off. And again, all of that also needs oxygen. So for the next, 24, 48 hours, you are metabolizing at a much higher rate. So that's how the calorie burn works with this kind of exercise. And we have measured, or rather the University of Colorado has measured Epoch when they did the research on us. And they've given us the data. We just haven't had time to analyze it. But once that analysis comes up, we will show calorie burn and it will be uh, from a scientific uh, base and it will be you. Hmm.
0: Sorry. Wow, interesting. So the other thing is kind of also just like
2: calories in, calories out. If yeah. you, if you yeah. do burn more calories, many people just overcompensate and then just eat too much afterwards to, to basically offset. Because like you, you will be more hungry if you've done a long endurance exercise. Whereas with Carol, with that short intensity sprint, you actually have like a, a suppression of appetite even. So you wouldn't feel immediately afterwards like you want to eat something. And so I do it in a fasted state and I can go on like for a long time afterwards still kind of just because the, the appetite is further suppressed. So that's, that's one thing. And then the other thing kind of for anybody who's concerned about weight management, um, I think the importance of insulin is, is just super important. As Ratna mentioned earlier, um, insulin regulates how we store kind of sugar and how we access energy from our fat stores. And um, if, you, if you have low levels of insulin sensitivity, it's incredibly hard to, to lose Wait. weight, basically. It's incredibly hard to attack your fat stores. And it's a bit unfair. So even if you reduce calorie intake, but you, you have insulin resistance, not much happens.
0: Whereas, this is why uh, obese people that starve themselves don't lose weight. Is uh, that, I mean, it's one, of the, is that one yeah, of the, yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Part exactly, of the puzzle. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, that's
0: so interesting. And um, I mean, I know for me, it's like, there was a point, I mean, it didn't last long, but I was like, oh, I'm going to watch my calories. And then I was like, ice cream is awesome. I'm not going to do that anymore, <laughs> <laughs> but it didn't matter. Like the amount of, for me, the amount of calories has never mattered. And it has no relation to yeah. the amount of exercise I do or don't do really. It's, yeah. it doesn't really seem to yeah. move the yeah. needle. This hmm. is why I was just curious about how that works. No, and, and
2: you're absolutely right. So, so insulin is super important. And it's, if, if you're kind of in that low insulin sensitivity state, insulin resistance state, not only is it like really unhealthy because you're pre-diabetic or diabetic, but it's, it makes it incredibly hard to, to do and, anything about body weight.
1: And also just to, like you had a chocolate muffin, to burn that off, you know, 100 calories, you actually have to go for a long time. a good 45 minutes. I know, that's what's
0: annoying. When I used to get on those exercise, uh, the treadmills, it was like, are you kidding me? I've been on here, I'm dying for Mm. 30 minutes and I burned 200 (laughs) calories or something. You take one bite of anything and you just like undid that. So it was was super frustrating, which is why I think I just kind of like, well, I don't even care if it's valid science, I'm just not going to bother. And also, isn't there a difference between the source of the calorie, right? So if I go eat 14 donuts, that's a lot different than like, three tablespoons of ghee, they might have the same like caloric load, but we're talking about ketones versus glucose. Exactly. Mm. You got yeah. anything to say about that? I mean, only I that mean, it works. I know I, it's kind I, of not uh, in, directly relevant to the conversation. No, no, no. But.
2: We're, So we're, we're, we're big fans. We, I I personally, I do basically Monday to Friday my, my, um, my bulletproof intermittent fasting um, where I have the buttered coffee in the morning and then kind of like a 16 hour fasting window and it works beautifully for me. Um high energy levels, no crashes. And um even kind of so so I love to do the the exercise in a fasted state. That's kind of works particularly well. Um and then I mean I just try to avoid processed sugar wherever I can because it, I know it makes me feel uh, kind of it tastes nice, tastes like candy, yeah. But um it's it's just you you feel the the energy up yep. and down. So quite quite severely, whereas if you if if I'm low sugar, kind of a bit higher on the fat side, it's it's just a, a much nicer day and, and I'm just performing better. Yeah.
1: And that's again, you know, the the myth again. So many things have just been missold, like like the fat, right? The key versus the donuts. Now if you had um well, the donuts are sugar and fat, which is the lethal combination, right? If you had the two together.
0: It's oh yeah, what's up with that? Because that's the most delicious food. The no, most delicious so foods like, on the planet are yeah, always exactly. mixing and, and fat and, what's and sugar. what's the only
2: other exactly. um, natural product where, where that occurs?
0: Oh man. Is there? No, no? because honey doesn't breast breast have fat. Milk. No, breast milk. Fine.
2: Yeah, exactly. So there's nothing in nature no. that has that sugar crazy. and fat in it. And so that just kind of that, that just um, our brains are not wired to 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 kind of feel um, satiate, satiated.
0: Did I say yeah, that right? Yeah. Yeah, satiated. So, yeah. so we can't. So stop that is satiated? Sated. So if <laughs> what is it?
1: Sated. Sated? I think so.
0: Are you sure that's not a British thing? <laughs> Maybe I it's a British, a British thing. <laughs> so in, German, no.
1: in Germany Shut up. <laughs> yeah.
2: No, it just it just it kind of our natural You response will feel satisfied. To to stop eating. It's just kind of eliminated. And if you have like this, this mixture of 50-50 sugar and fat, um, we're just not made for it. And other animals neither. So, so good um, research on, on mice, yeah? that you can feed them as much fatty food as you want, have unlimited access, and they will not overeat, and they will still stay lean and healthy. As much sugary food as, as they could eat. They will stay lean and and healthy. You mix it up and give them cheesecake or, or donuts and they get obese. Kind of really? That yes. must be what and my problem is. is cause it's because I love
0: the two together.
2: It it just doesn't exist I guess I love breast milk. In in nature. <laughs> I just cracked the code. milk. <laughs> I just, you
0: milk. just cracked the code. I wasn't breastfed, I found oh. out, to, to my horror a couple of years ago. And <laughs> yeah. um for multiple reasons. And uh you know, so that's why I like eating cheesecake.
1: There <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it the is. all reminds us sugar. Of, of the good why, old times. But uh,
0: other than the fact that it <laughs> doesn't mm-hmm. exist in nature, which is fascinating, except in mm-hmm. breast milk. Um, Why is combining fat and 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 sugar bad for us? Like, what what's the problem? That I I think it's just we overeat. So
2: I think it is because you you can't stop. It's so tasty. So it's so the, delicious. The
1: brain switch. And doesn't you're not
2: trained. Stop. Like we've not evolved. To regulate food intake, Got it. of like salt. that sort yeah, but just not regulate it. We've not evolved to to have a natural um, kind of mechanism to stop us. And obviously, food industry knows that and and design it exactly. Yeah, I mean, like so and all the fries, yeah, with
1: the salt. I mean, they're delicious, right?
2: Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With potato chips, kind of that that the the the. Types of potato are are specifically bred to be really high in sugar content, so that even salty food like potato chips has still both very high sugar and very high fat content. And then you 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 just can't stop. You're you're screwed. Yeah, so that's that's processed food industry just screwing with us.
0: Yeah. So no matter what, any processed food's inherently bad. Um, in terms of using this type of technology to burn fat, what's the mechanism of action there? And and how does that relate to doing it in a fasted state versus eating a huge meal, having a bunch of sausages and then jumping on the bike?
1: It's just very simple maths. Um, uh, For your second question that is, but it's the way it works is by number one, changing your insulin response. So if you have less insulin floating around, the ability to burn fat is there. So you don't want less insulin. Less insulin, more fat uh, More fat burns. So that's one. The so second one is this um, afterburn that we talked about earlier. Much, 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 much greater. And the third is the fact that you get more mitochondria. You
0: know? Oh, yeah, you mentioned that.
1: Yeah, and they are your power cells in right. your whole body. And when you have more of them, even at rest, you're just burning a lot it's like children, they're constantly running around, right? They just got so much mitochondria, they don't know what to do with all that energy. They're just bouncing around. As you get older, you lose more of it unless you, you know, are exercising more. And um, so those are the, the three main uh, ways of losing the fat. And um, and I would say that you do feel less hungry when mm-hmm. you're doing this, this ride, the rides. And in a fasted state, it's simple maths. You just... Um, if you have very little sugar in your body at the time, right? And then you put more energy demand on your body and you need the sugar for that energy. But well, where is it going to come from? It's going to come from your fat stores. Assuming that there's not much left in your liver, first place it'll go to, there's not much left in your liver, it'll, it'll draw sugar from fat and it'll just go back and store it again and it's clear again. So the more you keep doing it, the more um, you know, fat is turning into sugar and being used for what it's supposed to be used for. It's supposed to not, not go here, it's supposed to be stored in your muscles. And that's where it goes for burning in your muscles for the energy that it requires.
0: Do you guys have any uh, like testimonials or success stories or studies or anything that have been as miraculous as your oxygen uptake increase was? Um, have there been any? Like,
1: you've lost a lot of weight.
0: I mean, I've got my personal.
2: Um, case study. Um, we've got it now. We don't have it on our website. We've got it in a brochure. Um, but yeah, since I've, um, kind of our third generation bike came out last August. I, I started, I got it at home in September and I I do it very religiously. I do it every other day, just straight in the morning after getting out of bed in a fasted state. It's,
0: it's eight minutes, hop on, hop off. It's your whole workout's eight minutes. Yeah, exactly.
1: You do the fat burn, and your girl.
0: I I don't know which one I've been doing. Okay. I've been I've been jumping mm. around. Okay. Um, mm. I think it's maybe nine minutes or something. Eight, eight minutes, minutes forty, 40 seconds. Oh, okay.
2: okay. Oh, so correct. Oh, same thing. Okay. Okay. Surfing, oh, okay. Massively off the mark
0: i just eight sharp. See,
2: picked
1: up on the yeah. minute. Eight break.
2: minutes forty seconds. Yeah. Sorry for that. Um, and. And I started losing weight, and then and then Christmas occurred, and I've I've been traveling a bit. I was three weeks on the road, first in Taiwan, then in Spain with family. And I just put on a bit more weight, and then I started my intermittent fasting um, together Carol. with Carol, and and that just I mean had shocking impact. It's literally it the, the the graph is I, I falls off a cliff, and I, I lost some twenty five pounds in in three months with very little. So. Kind of nothing that I felt um, was, was particularly tiresome or, or a real burden in terms of um, cutting back on food. It was just like not having breakfast and having a light lunch and then normal family dinner because it's important for us normal family dinner. And and it was yeah twenty five pounds in three months. So um, ridiculously easy. Actually, it was And you've never easy. done it before, yeah. And we do.
1: No, get... I've been.
2: I've been. Um, you know, not
0: only lazy, but
2: also didn't care too much about it. I was like happily married and thought, no, that's all right.
0: <laughs> I'm with you there. I I get it. I mean, it'd be nice to have a six pack, but is it really going to change my life now? Yeah, no. yeah. Especially if I got to go spend 45 minutes or 90 minutes no, trying but here's to get the thing, it. If, it if, if you got one for free, would you have it? Hell yeah. Yeah. If so, I got one for every other day, spending nine minutes, probably. Yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so, um...
0: I'm looking around, but I yeah. should
2: mention. Yeah, no, I, I find that. Um, I mean, I've got the, not, not like my 10 year old has more of a six pack still than me, but um, it's, it's there. I've got a six pack in, of sorts, like, you know, as you, as we you have can have a, a two to four pack. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. It's not a one pack anymore. So yeah. that's... <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> but, but to your question about test we do get yeah. a lot of uh people just uh, writing into us and uh definitely people are losing weight and they're getting fitter. And, one guy, he's. Uh, oh, we've got the data, nuts.
2: so we yeah. we see how our people are getting fitter. There's right. there's no question about it. Absolutely. So right. and and our users track very nicely the kind of predicted improvements, so that they have, um, ten to twelve percent on average, VO2 max or kind of our metric that measures um, cardiovascular fitness improvement after after the first eight to ten weeks, then another ten to twelve percent after. Kind of 10 to 12 weeks. Um, and then we have, I mean, good, we're, we're, we're not that long on the market. Uh, we have a few that went a lot further still. Those are kind of then in the super responder. But like, absolutely, we, we see the data of our users and it tracks very nicely what scientists in the lab have shown can be achieved with this exercise.
0: What about the benefits of uh, doing this maximum intensity? Interval training, so I'm going to call Mm. it. I guess you kind of call it that. Um, Not only in a fasted state, doing the intermittent fasted, but what about if you threw the caffeine in there before? Yes.
1: Stacking the hacking. Right? Improves better. Yeah, it does. Definitely.
0: So more profound effects.
1: Yeah. The reason we don't necessarily (laughs) uh, advocate it is because we do have safety algorithms, right? So if people's heart rate is too high and doesn't recover quick enough, they're right aborts. And for some people, the caffeine just elevates their heart rate. But the but people who don't have that issue response mm-hmm. to a caffeine can absolutely, in fact, it's great. Like this, as we were talking about it, cold shower, coffee, ride, mm-hmm. it's stacking the hacking.
0: That leads me into my next question. And then I want to cover the AI thing before we wrap up. Cause that's, that's, you know, I think what the secret sauce here is in many ways. Um, what about doing this exercise in an extremely cold environment? You know, I'm seeing now these like (laughs) freezing gyms open up and I love working out when it's really cold. Personally, that's my favorite. I hate feeling hot like this room is right now. Yeah. Um, It's worth it because you guys are here with me. But have you done any experiments mm. with that? Any studies or have any plans to encourage that? If someone, you so, know, opened a, a Carol bike center, they could make a freezing or-
1: They could do whatever they a want. A really
0: interesting thought. And well, we we're might not well it. try it. No, and, we're not. Oh, well, the cold season's <laughs> just around the corner. We might, we might- um,
2: No, come on. We're, outside.
1: <laughs> this is, this is again, getting to the realm. <laughs> Frankly, it is the market of the 80% that doesn't exercise. And they right. are not going to faff around with stuff, you know, like, I'm going to go into the cold room and do an X. They're not, you know, I mean, just make it as easy for them. Look, I'm sure you of all people know better than anyone else. Everything is about behavior change. And you just have to eliminate all the barriers to Mm. whatever it is that you want to do. And as much as um, the exercise would probably be a lot more effective doing it in a very cold environment. I think it's, 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 it's the domain of a few people. Right, a, a few
0: nuts like me that are like, you yeah. know, if I'm already going to be tortured for two bouts yeah. of twenty seconds yeah. of maximum intensity, I might as well do it while freezing my ass off. Exactly. Out. <laughs>
1: no, not that you're nuts, but you yeah, know, well, I am. Well,
0: in my own in unique, way. And special way, nuts are for great. sure. Not someone. I like to think of it as committed. Okay. Yeah, good. Committed good. to the point where I might, in fact, someday be committed. Uh, so when we're talking about collecting the data here, mm. that brings me to the final piece, which is the AI element. And I think this is what's really fascinating is that this technology knows what you're capable of and keeps mm. pushing you so that you, you talked about adaptability before, right? So when I was yeah. doing my hit things, uh, I, if we did the same workout like on a Monday, then the next Tuesday I did the same one, my body's like, ah, I remember these kettlebells and da, da, da. Mm-hmm. And it was exponentially easier as time went on. And so, you know, thankfully the guy, my brother I was training with, it was always, you know, changing things up and tricking you, mm-hmm. but the body really does adapt. So is the AI part of how this you can't adapt to this no matter how hard your body might try. Um,
1: I think, again, back to behavior, humans will take the easy way out if you give it to them, right? And that's why in our system as well, other than the eye, and I will answer your question in a minute, we don't allow you to chain the resistance while you're doing the ride because if you did allow that, people would dial it down and then you just made that entire thing ineffective, so um, the reason it's, we had to develop this kind of technology and the AI had to be introduced or self-learning had to be introduced is because, remember, we've taken what Ulrich said earlier, what's been sitting around in a dark corner in the laboratory out into the marketplace. And in the laboratory, when the research happens, they know Luke's just walked in, he looks really well, he's um, tall, he's got muscle, he's young, he's going to be able to produce X percent um, of his body weight. Uh, he can exercise at x percent of his body weight uh, as the resistance and they will apply that but they'll be able to do that because they see you and they measure you and all that kind of stuff right now you are, we have no idea when you register whether you are heavy because you're fat or you're heavy because you're muscular so we have calibration right so when you first start we start off at a particular place and then we learn we learn not just about your peak power capacity but your total power, and very importantly, how fast you're getting tired. And based on all of that information, in your fourth ride, the exact resistance is set, it's computer-generated resistance, which, will, which is designed to wipe out your glycogen within the first 10 seconds. And we see that. I mean, we'll see it. Within five, mostly, people have peaked and wow. starting to drop. Um, but people get fitter. And that's why it's even better than what's happened in the laboratory because in the labs, once they set the resistance, that's it. It doesn't change for the duration of the exercise. But, but we're not trying to conduct an exercise, a qu- uh, sorry, an ex- uh, um, a lab experiment. We're trying to help people. So our system will continue to monitor those same parameters. And as you get fitter, you get less fatigued, right? You're producing more power, but you're getting less fatigued. And Kara will say, uh, uh. <laughs> so she'll just increase resistance next time you come. Now, because we have no knobs, everything happens in decimal points. So it's always incremental, but it's always working with your ability. And um, it can go down too. If you're struggling, if it was too high, she'll bring it down. Or if we are where we want you to be, there'll be no change. So we plot a curve for every person, their performance curve. And, uh, and that's how we make sure that you eventually get to your genetic set point. You know, we all have a, we can't get, we can't be, you know, Arnold Schwarzenegger to infinity. Um, right. There, there comes a point where that's it. And we'll see that again in the, in the data, you know, particularly this, the, the fitness scores that we give you, your power per heartbeat, which is very important. Um, and then we'll say, okay, it looks like, you know, that's pretty good. Now maintain it. And then we'll put them on a maintenance schedule.
0: And are there any other elements to the AI that that make this unique?
1: Um, uh, So so we have
0: under the hood. So the the
1: first thing is,
2: and that's really the most important, is how we set the resistance and how we optimize it and personalize it. Because only with the right resistance will you achieve that rapid glycogen depletion that will trigger the adaptation pathway there, there are other elements under the hood that's kind of making the bikes um as precise as possible for example um so we do everything in our power to make them like super precise and that values you see actually what you get we have a global leaderboard um where, where some people get like really competitive so you you kind of know where you are and you know where you stand we we um you know, we compete on that too um and and then other elements is kind of um, to, to keep it safe. So the um, kind of signal processing, um, how we process your heart rate and so on. There's kind of fairly advanced algorithms in there. Um, you know, we have the bike in, like most of our bikes are in a, in a residential environment. Many are in a gym as well, but we also have it in offices kind of in where, where it's not, not entirely open access, but where, where people who, you know never exercise or or haven't been um have done anything before and so for those we we do want to monitor a bit kind of you know what's their heart rate doing um do we find their so I should say this this is absolutely as safe as any other exercise but we still go that extra step that um if there are certain signals in the heart rate that we'd interrupt the ride and tell them maybe not today kind of go tomorrow yes exactly so we we try and and kind of where carol will go um we we want her to be like an absolutely kind of ai powered chatbot and and your, your you know your ai powered health coach who can tell you kind of um give you very precise specific feedback on the exercise you're doing whether, whether you're putting the right level of effort in or not, whether you started too early, too late, um, can answer questions. And so there's a very, um, it's, it's, it's a, I, I feel like a, a child in a candy store when I think about our development roadmap. Um, because, yeah, there's fantastic plans that we still have. And, and she will be the Alexa of fitness. Like we have no doubt that we'll, we'll be there
0: very, very shortly. And, and why is it called CAROL?
1: CAROL stands for cardiovascular. Dot .optimization.logic, dot right? Uh,
0: the inspiration
1: okay. came from Hal from Space Odyssey. Oh, cool. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> yeah. Nice. And Hal stands for Heuristic Algorithm.
0: Oh, I didn't um, know
1: that. Yeah. Oh, wow. Heuristic Algorithm. And also Vicky in um, in uh, iRobot, you know, oh, V.I.K.I. Yeah, right. Dot dot right, right. And they all stand for some uh, the name of something. Right. And because our ambition is for Carol to become the, the AI coach, We wanted to give it a name and it's a name that's accessible. Carol is not, you know, something foreign, weird sounding. Yeah. And, uh, we're going to make Carol come. I mean, she's already quite flirty and quite witty and quite funny. So she has a relationship with you, but, um, over time there will be her face that'll manifest. I mean, right now, because she just talks to you, we've released lips that are Carol's symbol. Yeah. And they're made up of little heartbeats. <laughs> but, you know, after, as, as she evolves, you know, you'll see mm-hmm. the nose, the eyes, the face, et cetera. And then you can actually talk to her and she'll answer back.
0: And how is this different? Um, I was t- I've been telling people about this because, of course, when I discover something new and awesome, I'm like, oh, my God, have you heard, like, working out doesn't have to suck as bad. Uh, <laughs> and someone said, I think they were talking about maybe like a spinning bike. It starts with a P, like, oh, isn't that I'm like... Yeah, that what?
1: Peloton, I have to say uh, I mean, I
0: don't know anything about You know, fitness machines and stuff like that mm-hmm. As you know, I'm not that guy But I was like They asked me what's the difference And I'm like, I don't even know what that is e- e- I don't know
1: Everybody says Oh, well, what's the difference between Peloton? And we say that the only diff- The only similarity we have with Peloton Is that they're both bikes
0: Oh, I see Other than is that- Peloton like a spinning class bike or something?
1: Yes, so P- Peloton is basically It's been an incredibly successful company mm-hmm. And we Hats off to John Foley, who's the founder and his team, for creating a phenomenal business, like right? hats off. We admire them enormously. Um, but what they are doing is very different to what we're doing. You wouldn't catch us on a peloton if you paid us because we don't like long exercise. You know?
0: Oh, thank you. And, okay, I'm and, sold. <laughs> and,
1: and, and we don't. <laughs> we don't really care about the entertainment. We basically like uh, to get it over and done where this is necessary evil. When, you know, fun for us is going to a restaurant, having a nice meal, going to the pub, going for friends rather than, you know, 45 minutes with my favorite trainer and a hundred million other people around the world who I don't even know. So, um, so it's a different needs. Oh, so need it's,
0: state. it has.
1: It's, yeah, it's, it's live streaming. I
0: see. Okay. Of
1: spinning classes. So you can join live classes. Oh God. Which is, which is great yeah. for people who want to do that but
0: for people who don't want to do that. Yeah. Well, target market right here. My name is Luke story. <laughs> 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 I have a good friend actually from Canada, my friend Hardeep, and he's a, a spin class, a teacher, quite a popular mm. one. And uh, I think he lives in Toronto. Yeah. It's actually a seat guy. We were talking about Sikhs earlier and, um, and he absolutely loves it. You know, and I have friends that like they do um, endurance biking and they go all over. I right? just, you know, different strokes for different folks, but at least now I know the difference. So I can yeah, tell but... people that's like more of a spin class thing. And it, I think why people think there's a similarity perhaps is because of the live streaming, like not AI, but it's a bike
2: and it's got a screen,
0: but that's, that's really where the similarities stop. Okay, cool. I'm glad I was able to clear that up. Well, I think I've covered what I wanted to cover. I think we've taken a deep enough dive to turn people onto something new and exciting. As I said, anytime I discover something that makes life easier in a more effective, pain-free way. Um, I'm about sharing it, so Thank I appreciate you. you guys you know coming here today and finding the time. we're literally closing down the building now <laughs> after all of these recordings. They just text me. they're like, "Dude, where are you? um
1: dude, where I? Oh you?
0: yeah, I just got a text from Tim. <laughs> the building' is the most uh, empty. Who are you interviewing? LOLs everyone has left okay, I'm coming I'm <laughs> going Tim. yeah, You're yeah, lovely yeah Tim. okay. I will um, say one thing because yeah. you love
1: kundalini breath you might have noticed we've got mindfulness breath paces on up on up yeah. Yeah yeah, yeah 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 very cool yeah that's too, that's you know because i we feel that's really important good nervous system balancer we could put up kundalini breath on there next is coming oh it's the, excellent the victory breath i tortured my children with it and it's uh, to amazing torture my clients <laughs> with it uh, that's but so it is cool. very good
0: yeah oh that's so cool all right so we got to do this next question quick cuz i think security is going to come kick me out of here it's all my stuff um who have been three teachers or teachings that have influenced your life in any category, not just fitness or anything that you might direct our listeners to go check out? Could be a book, a, 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 a system of teaching, a modality, anything that like people should go put in their life to make their life better.
1: Shall I go first?
0: Please do. I need a moment. <laughs> <need a> moment. <laughs>
1: it's very easy for me. So from a, for a business perspective, perspective, Crossing the Chasm is absolutely brilliant to read. Brilliant, brilliant, brilliant. And anybody who's doing technology or is thinking about starting a business has got, must read it. Uh, it's, it's, um, it's, it's nothing new as a concept in there, but the way the author presents it is um, very practical and very applicable for everyone. So, I, so that is, is, is almost my Bible. I love it. Then um, the second one would be the Gita. Um, for me, is um, it's so simple in its, in its messages. And everything that we talk about now about intention and stuff like that, it's just just there written all those years ago. That is the core message. You set your intention and then you let it go. And you just do your job. Don't be attached to the outcome. Simple, right? Wow. Hard to do. Simple. Hard that's the to do. boil
0: down of the Bhagavad Gita, with like eight, exactly. eight inches thick
1: book. Yeah. It, 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 it they don't go on, don't they <laughs> go on and on and on. Yes. But that's the essence of it, right. and and I think that's really important. So I try every day to see if I can follow that, and then uh, I don't know the third book, which is going to sound really stupid. It's not really something that is I would ever direct people to. Because Harry Potter? No, Oh, okay. It's uh, requires, I guess, uh, a love for gothic horror. So Carlos Carlos Ruiz Zafon, Shadow of the Wind, Wind or Moon. can't remember Shadow of the Wind or Moon, one of those two. It's a page turn. Done. So it's not really something that's, you know, life-changing, but it is just just fantastic that somebody can have such incredible creativity.
0: If it's a work of art that inspired you, it counts. It's I'm going to take it. Art. All right, you had a long time to think about yours. Maybe yeah. you better come yeah, with
2: yeah, it. Yeah, I'm a big <laughs> duck, So deduct. Um, you are. Does that work? Not exist. How to deduct? Like somebody who learns by himself. Uh, but so, can I, I? I just name one that is sure. Almost like uh, that's one that's very very close to my heart. Stephen Pinker, Better Angels of Our Nature. Um, so I'm a, a more rational person. Yeah, I got that. And um, <laughs> <laughs> he he takes uh, you in that book through kind of. The, the history of violence over kind of time and, and for, for mankind and actually in the natural world. And I find he teaches just a, a very positive outlook on life and kind of helps us put into context everything we see around us. And and I, I think it's a very positive, optimistic book, despite very gruesome um, detail in there. And I think that's like, if you ask me what taught that to me, just... You know, seeing the world actually as a very positive place, and and kind of having a very optimistic outlook as to where we're going, we're even good. though the news every day tell you that uh. everything's going to shit. But um, now it's good times, and I think awesome.
0: there's great times ahead still. Me too. So I don't want What's to. What's your news. favorite book? <laughs> My favorite book, oh man, um, God, it sort of depends on the category. I would probably say. One of the works by Dr. David R. Hawkins, who is a consciousness mm-hmm. researcher and a spiritual teacher. And he's got a couple of different ones. The most accessible is called uh, uh, Letting Go, The Pathway of Surrender. Oh, yeah. Super like easy read. But then he has some more dense work that one of them took me about a year to get through. Wow. And it's called um, The Eye of the Eye, Reality versus Subjectivity. Mm-hmm. It's basically like teachings of non-duality. Mm. But I would say... His teachings in general have probably been the most impactful on me. Yeah. So thanks for asking. You're the first guest out of a couple hundred and something that I've ever asked that. Turn the mic around. I love it. All right, you guys, let's get out of here. Before we do, what's your website if people want to go check out this technology?
1: www.carolfitai.com or if you Google Carol Bike, it should come
0: up. Cool. Awesome. Thanks so much for joining me. Thank you. Glad we got to do this one in person too.
1: Wish we could do the Kundalini thing. It it (laughs) would be so interesting.
0: Oh, totally. Or surrender.
1: The whole idea of surrender. is so interesting. Well, maybe
0: we'll do another philosophical podcast next time. (laughs) Thanks for joining me, you guys. Thank you. And that brings another episode of the Life Stylist Podcast to a screeching halt. I'd like to thank my two guests. I had a really great time talking to them. I did so many interviews in London when I was there recently. I think I did 10 or 12 or something in a few days. And I kind of just whizzed through them. But listening back to this one, I thought, man, these guys were really fun. We had a great conversation. And I think... Did a good job of bringing some insights, some you know information that was pretty deep in terms of the technology and fitness. But we also had a really good time. So I love when I can geek out with the guests and cover some deep cuts, but also have a good time. And these guys helped me to do that. Don't forget to miss this Friday's special Q and A show. I'll be talking about the best natural mattresses, ozone therapy, the carnivore diet. And then giving a complete breakdown of all my favorite guests. Don't forget, if you wanna check out the Carol bike, I've got one sitting in my garage now. I love this goddamn thing. Once I get on it, I regret it because <laughs> those two 20 second sprints are so brutal. But I gotta say, like, I'm on it like four days a week now when I'm at home. I've been traveling a lot and I am getting more fit. So I'm stoked. And, you know, all of my results are uploaded to the cloud through their AI and then it. It's always hard, that's the thing, you can't game this workout. Like if I go worked out in a regular exercise bike, right, what would happen was I'd have the same settings every time and I would get stronger and faster and then I would essentially like make it easy. Well, there's no making the carol bike easy. Thing is badass. So if you're someone who wants to save time and get a badass workout, you might wanna check it out. I'm super stoked on it. So uh, if you wanna get one of these babies, we got you 150 bucks off, yeah. And you can find your bike and your discount at carolfitai.com. That's carolfitai.com. Use the discount code Luke and save yourself 150 bucks. What? Um, Speaking of saving, if you want to support the show, find all the raddest stuff in health and biohacking, you can find them at my online store. That's lukestory.com forward slash store. And you'll find a discount code for almost everything on there. So it's a really great way to support the show and support your wallet and your health. I'd like to thank our sponsors. Speaking of support, Just Thrive, my favorite probiotic. I take this stuff every single day. It's amazing. You can go to thriveprobiotic.com forward slash Luke. Save 15% off with the code Luke15. You can get some super chronic, very badass CBD from Onda Wellness at OndaWellness.com. Again, there, your code is Luke15 for 15% off. And then finally, the old standby Organifi. Love these guys. They just send me a huge box of stuff. And they always come out with new products. They have this new little um, immunity one with all these natural forms of vitamin C. Super badass, comes in little packets. You can go to Organifi.com forward slash Luke. That's Organifi with an I. And uh, over there, you get 20% off. And the code there is Lifestylist. So thank you so much for joining me on today's episode. I'll be back at you Friday with the special Q&A show, then again Sunday with my guest appearance on the Lacey Phillips Expanded Podcast, and then back to our regular show on Tuesday with Mr. Dave Asprey. See you then. This episode of the Lifestylist Podcast was produced by podcastmasters.net.